Welcome to Valley of the Sunset, a podcast set in Phoenix, Arizona. And we will be picking up, uh, I believe, with Shepard had a little business the same evening uh, after he has left the hotel. So Shepard the next evening because we had to. Oh, I'm sorry. That's right. You guys, you guys all slept, uh, slept in the, the hotel for the day sleep. So Shep, you would awaken uh, in the evening a little earlier than the others. Uh, unable to go anywhere. Unable to go anywhere, and probably not in uh, as comfortable surroundings as you're used to. I think I think the the water, the the cave, the the solitude is a little bit more comfortable for you, Shepard, than this rundown motel room. Um, Jeffy's so corpse sitting in the bed next to me. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. Uh, so you you basically just have to kind of wait it out um, until the sun actually sets. Uh, and Jeff, you, you would awaken, so so there could be a moment of interaction between you at this at this time because uh, Shep is indeed trapped in the room until the sun goes down. Probably I think see, you'd probably see Shep just standing facing the door when you wake up. Okay. I think you would, if you even turned around to, like, look or pay attention, you would see Jeffy, like, awake from the day sleep with a start, like, as he realizes that he's not, you know, at home, essentially. And then you see him kind of, like, collect himself and realize what, like, remember what the situation was. And then you just hear, oh, well, that's a funny position to be standing in there, Mr. Ship. Ship just kind of looks over his shoulder upright well i mean we got chairs right i just uh well it's still a little bit of sunlight but you don't have to just stand at the door silly i think we might have a pack of cards somewhere must be down now open the door well oh all right mr shep have, have a good night there oh oh man no. i hope mama's all right um and shep is going to make his way down to the uh, the storage shed where he put the body the night before. Um, well, it's probably locked, isn't it? Uh, I think, so. yeah, yeah. Eloise is meticulous about her keys. So he'll see that it's locked, which isn't a surprise, but then turn around and go to the front desk. All right. Eloise is just awakening for the evening. Actually, I think I think Eloise is still she has her tea time and everything. I think, Shep, if you go right now, you can slip in and grab the key without her noticing. All right, I'll do that. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll go get the key, uh, unlock the shed. Uh, Important question. There's there's the clipboard with the sign out sheet by the keys. Shep, do you sign it out? No, <laughs> in fact, I just leave it in the lock. <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> uh, we'll get to that momentarily um <laughs> uh, all right so chef uh, you've you've got the key you've unlocked the shed are the there any is still there is there any like bagged equipment um like what kind of bags big enough to stuff a body in uh well i think certainly there would be like uh like those big black like lawn care kind of bags or whatever. 
That seems a little conspicuous. Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck. All right. Um, I'll close the shed back up. Go to the front desk and wait for Eloise. Okay. <laughs> I, I I'll say this. Um, I mean, this is a hotel. There is there is luggage that gets left behind. If if you root around in the lost and found in the office, probably while you're waiting for Eloise, you could probably find like a large duffel bag or something like that. Oh, perfect. Uh, I will do that and grab said duffel bag. If there's anything in it, I'm just going to dump it around mm-hmm. um, and then take that back to the shed, um, stuff the body in as best I can. If I recall, it was drained of blood. So if I have to yes. do some bending, it shouldn't be too messy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just kind of hoist it over my shoulder and head for the hills. All right. So Shep saying not a word and going right to your work like old Chris Kringle himself. <laughs> you uh you don't pass by any of your coterie mates uh as you make your way out of the hotel and out into the desert. You're going on foot again, yes. Yep. All right. So it, it takes you a while. Uh I think what do we, what do we say about an hour or so? Yeah, it's uh, it's a few miles from yeah. the hotel to the to the national park. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so you, and I'm not going back to my haven. I'm gonna head towards the cave that has the Bahari Garden. Okay, very good. Uh, so hoisting your burden over your shoulders, walking through the desert, you make your way to the cave system, sort of adjacent to yours, nearby in the foothills. And you find the cave indeed still there, just as you left it. I'm going to turn on my, uh, uh, the dark vision, what is that called? Bestial sight or eyes yeah. of the beast? So Shepard, your eyes glow red as you step into the darkness of the cave. Your supernatural senses attuning to the lack of light. You make your way further in, deeper into the earth, until you encounter the same garden that you found with your sire a few nights ago. Um, I'm going to head on in towards where the tree was. Um, and if I get there on, uh, greeted, I'm just going to kind of stand there for a bit and wait. You don't have to stand for long. As you see, the shadows begin to flicker and move around you as though, as, as if life were breathed into them. Uh, and from these deep shadows steps the elegant form of Siobhan, your host from the other night. Good evening, Llewellyn, if I may call you Llewellyn. Llewellyn died, Shepard. She nods in understanding. Yes, that is how many of our kind feel. What can I do for you tonight, Shepard? You come to me with a heavy burden, she indicates the duffel bag on your shoulder. 
more of a gift, maybe a peace offering. She quirks her eyebrow as you say gift. She is obviously intrigued by this. And I sling it off my shoulder onto the ground. Um, and unzip it so she can take a look. She parts the bag open and sees your offering inside. Seems like you could use a supply of corpses. Mm. In my long experience, Shepard, our kind don't deal so much in gifts. Well, it seems to me that you're here to stay. These hills have been my home for a while now. To keep things from getting too interesting here, for the kindred in the city. I'd like to keep it that way, so maybe the less you have to go searching for bodies, the less attention you bring. And I need to get rid of this body, so perhaps we could call it a quid pro quo. She steps closer to you and gently places a hand on your shoulder. Oh, my dear Mr. Shepard, rest assured I do not have to search for bodies. I have a quite delicate arrangement. Though I do appreciate your gift this evening, and if you... Find yourself, if you find yourself needing to bring me other gifts in the future, she curtsies a bit. I would be accepting. Mm -hmm. Figure in my line of work, they won't be in short supply. The Dark Mother willing. All right. I'll do what I can to keep wanderers away from your cave. I certainly appreciate the extra set of eyes, but again, Mr. Shepard, rest assured, no mortal eyes will find this place. He just kind of looks around uneasily. All right, then. Have a good night. As you turn to go... Oh, Mr. Shepard, one more thing. Hmm. There's a vengeance that burns within your heart, Mr. Shepard. Dead though it may be, I can feel it, and I have a message for you. 
the Dark Mother can give you the direction that you seek. Shepard just sort of nods his head and then walks out. She says nothing more and goes back to tending her garden as you leave. Now I go back to my haven and <laughs> for three days. All right. <laughs> so uh, Shep is going to make himself a little bit scarce for the next few days, uh, nights rather, uh, as he took some, some fairly nasty hits uh, during that parking lot brawl. Jeffy. We followed Shep as he got up the next evening, made his way out to the desert, and Jeffy, you had a brief moment with him. Where does where does Jeffy go after Shep leaves? And are you hungry, Jeffy? I am hungry. I'm at three hunger and mm. three superficial wounds. So you're you're pretty hurt. Decently hurt. You know, you're a vampire. It's yeah. it's not so bad. You're not you're not an aggravated. But you've got some some pretty obvious wounds, uh, and you're hungry. Shotgun, you wake up. Shotgun blasts, like. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you got holes in you, and there's yeah. some holes. Um, I kind of want to swing by the Walmart because I do intend to go see Mama tonight and see if she's in a better place tonight than she was last night. Um. Oh boy, three hunger though. Yeah, we might as well. That's what you're supposed to do. Better than letting it get to four. <laughs> mm, very true. So, There's no other way to bring it down. That's true. I was really hoping there'd be like one mortal that I could slake on at some point between now and then, but oh well. Jeffy's Jeffy's heading to Walmart. I'll grab Jeffy's some, going hunting. some Baskin Robbins and blood. Mm-hmm. All right, so Jeffy, as you make... Yeah, please, please, even better. Well, when I get there, like, Jeffy has that thought. Oh, I'm going to get Mama some Baskin-Robbins. Man, I haven't had Baskin-Robbins in forever. I'm going to try to find somebody eating Baskin-Robbins, and then I'm going to eat them. And maybe some of that sugary goodness will get into my mouth. That's, like, basically (laughs) his whole whole plan at this juncture. All right, so Jeffy, you hop in your beat-up old El Camino. You find that... Maybe there's like one or two extra like gunshot holes in it now after the the shootout in the parking lot. There's there's some blasts like oh you you didn't think it was pointing in that direction but oh god damn it it hit the the oh, ruin, back bumper right the over finish. here. Oh man, I'm gonna be in so much trouble. Um, but yeah, I will swing by the Walmart. The hunting is similar to how it happened when Melinda ran into me at the Walmart. I go in, I'm getting my stuff for Mama, while I'm also trying to pick out uh, my victim. All right. So, Jeffy, you park under that same kind of broken street light in the parking lot. That's exactly right. flickers on and off, giving a very atmospheric... feels like you're in a horror movie, Jeffy. But in this horror movie... You're the monster. You make your way into the Walmart. Still fairly busy. It's not late in the evening. It's a different greeter this time. You can't tell at first by the face, of course, but the voice is not familiar to you. Welcome to Walmart. Oh, uh, oh, hey there. Uh, who, who are you? I don't, I don't think we've met before. 
I'm uh, Eileen. I just started. Um, can I help you with something, sir? Uh, oh, no, I'm just if you're going to be yeah, I'm Jeffy, you're going to get to know me real, real good there, Eileen. You just have a great rest of your day. OK. And then he, uh, and then he you, moseys into the store. She calls after you, too, Mr. Jeffy. That's right. Jeffy. That's what they call me. Bye bye. And I, he's like trying to mark, okay, what was she wearing? Let's see if we can remember, find something to remember Eileen by. Because if we've got a new greeter, I have to like, you know, I have to live up to my reputation. Yeah, you as you're marking all of that, heading towards the ice cream aisle, you're looking for a particular type of mortal tonight, perhaps. Most nights, in fact. Yes. Who is it that Jeffy's looking for? Well, uh, he typically prefers someone with a bit of rotundity to them. Mm-hmm. Um, well, well-fed food. Um, and yeah, he's like, he's trying to catch the ghost of Baskin Robbins tonight. So if he sees somebody that's like snacking on ice cream or like, you know, buying ice cream that they may then snack on at some point in the immediate future, like that's what he would prefer. <laughs> <laughs> uh it's not hard for you to find what you're looking for jeffy it's uh it's a fairly busy night at this walmart you hang out for five ten minutes in the ice cream aisle and there he comes pushing his cart along he goes right to the baskin robbins door opens it up reaches in grabs his pint i think jeffy would take that opportunity to like insert himself into the situation it's not mama's preferred flavor, but he's going to reach in and like grab the same one. He's like, Oh, you're a mint chip guy too. Oh, mom, my mama loves the stuff and like put it in the, uh, you know, little hand basket or whatever that I'm carrying. Um, Oh yeah. It's always been my favorite Baskin Robbins best stuff. You just can't beat quality. And it's, you know, America the way it is these days, like it's nice to see a good, good old fashioned American company just really, really putting their best product out there. It just, you know, warms, warms the cockles of, of your heart. Uh, 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 what's your name? Uh, Daniel. And he uh, extends a hand to shake. Well, nice to meet you, Daniel. You have a good rest of your day there. And at this point, he, like, leaves the conversation. But much like he did with his last victim in Walmart, he's, like, on the periphery of the rest of this guy's shopping trip. Like, if he were to try to pay attention, he'd notice that he was being stalked. But yeah. he's immortal, so... so, so. <laughs> yeah, as uh, as you, you uh, introduce yourself to him uh, and, and walk away, say goodbye, uh, he calls after you in a very jolly, uh, you have a good night, too, son. And uh, I need you to go ahead and make me uh, wits and stealth to stalk him through the Walmart without being noticed. All right. Or die, though. Um, it's a messy critical for uh, six successes. A messy critical for six successes. Yep. All right. Uh, let me just consult the book for a moment. Uh, and I would just like to interject that Baskin and Robbins in no way sponsors this podcast. But uh, if they would like to, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, there you, go. you can email us, <laughs> reach out on our socials. Uh, we're, that we don't share. <laughs> that we don't share. <laughs> so Jeffy, as you were trying to be very careful 
very sneaky, very stealthy, just the apex predator that you as a vampire are. The beast, being what it is, clouds your mind, clouds your judgment, gets in the way, and you are going to suffer from a hunger compulsion. So any action you take that is not directly sinking your fangs into this man's throat is at a minus two difficulty and just in general you're very irritable the beast is very close to the surface right now i'm probably not very kind to the checker on the like in the line as we're Mm. leaving 25 extra cents for a goddamn plastic bag what is this country coming to oh to hell with it and he like storms off but, you know, he's still but on the periphery. Eventually, kept, I am going to try to eat this guy in the parking lot. You kept your eye on the prize. You kept up with him. From sheer hunger alone, he was a, a tasty morsel. A roasted turkey leg on a desert island. And you get out to the parking lot, Jeffy. Yep. Uh, and you to roll for me your... Composure plus your resolve. Okay. This is going to be at a minus two because this is going to be you not directly so sinking your fangs. <laughs> I'm not going to rouse the blood because I'm already too mm. hungry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, three successes. Three successes is enough. That was that was right at the threshold to not just immediately launch yourself on this man the second he is outside of the Walmart. It's literally um, like like Jeffy's like a tweaker th- in this moment, like looking mm-hmm, for cameras. Yeah. Oh, there's still that one. There's still that fucking mm-hmm. one. Gah! Like, yeah, you were you were very much fighting with your addiction right now, and you are on the losing end, but you hold it just long enough. So so Jeffy, how do you how do you go in for the bite? Uh, what was his name? Dave? Daniel. Daniel. Uh, so, I mean, it, it's basically like, oh, D- uh, Daniel, you dropped, you dropped this. And then when he turns to be like, oh, hey, that nice guy from before, I literally just bite the fuck out of him. <laughs> yeah. So as he is loading his groceries uh, in the back of his SUV, you approach, call out to him, catch his attention just briefly. And you are on him in a flash, sinking your fangs into his throat. He's in the grips of the kiss. He does not resist you. I, How much do you take? I take two. All right. Putting me at so putting Jeff, me at one hunger. You don't entirely silence your beast, but you push it down just enough to be manageable. Kill, killing's what bad boys do, and I'm a good boy. Um. Yeah, so having satiated himself, just kind of like steady Daniel on his feet, like, ha, thanks, Dan. <laughs> Maybe sit, sit him in the driver's seat. Yeah, basically. Uh, and yeah, like, ah, thanks, Dan. I wish he could have had some of that ice cream, though. Mm. Tastes like <laughs> Carl's Jr. from the from the, the, the copperiness of it. Blech. And then he goes <laughs> off to his own car. All right. So, Jeffy, you hop into your El Camino. Where are you going from here? I'm going home shot shot to hell, but not so hungry. Like I'm, I'm, Mm. I got to check on mama. I haven't seen her in, you know, almost 36 hours. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So Jeffy, you head back to the trailer park, pull in in your El Camino. 
I'd like to reiterate that I am wearing a Bella Muerte, or what do we decide? It's um this week it's gonna be a um La Quinta Inn. <laughs> so I'm wearing that like La Quinta Inn jumpsuit that I changed into. So like yeah. probably a mm-hmm. lot of my injuries are like under yeah, my they're, clothes. They're yeah, yeah. But you would see and like I, mean, I, I feel like there's probably buckshot like in my face. Like maybe one mm, of my eyes is a little yeah. like puffy, messed and up. And again, you, you don't have like a functional circulatory exactly. system, so you're not spurting blood no, or no, anything no. like that. I mean you have holes in you. Your your body is physically damaged. I I, um, I picture this kind of as like, you know, um, like the same thing Jeffy's done since he was probably 13 when he's finally mm-hmm. comes crawling back after one of mama's rages. Like again, mm-hmm. you see his like shoulders, like his entire body language changes as he's approaching this scene. Um, and, and he like, he knows it's not going to work because the door is right next to mama's chair, but he like yeah. gingerly turns the handle and quietly opens the door and just looks so in and he's Jeffy, like, mama, before you even get there, as you're pulling in, to the trailer park uh you pull in to uh the little like i i imagine this one's probably like little like gravel yeah paths you know they're they're not like paved gravel and sand probably yeah gravel and sand uh and you make your way down to your little lane uh where you and mama live and you notice as you pull in jeffy that there is a familiar pickup truck parked outside that you haven't seen in years mama's no good ex-boyfriend ron so i guess as jeffy's driving up he is oh you have got to be absolutely shitting me (laughs) rob again you said rob right (laughs) Ron. Ron. Oh, sorry. I heard it. But I would, I would love it if you call him Rob. That, well, I was. I think I might make that choice. <laughs> Fucking Rob again. That's interesting. I wonder. I assume we don't get along. No, no. God, no. I assume there may be some things happening in the trailer tonight that I don't want to see. Yes. Yeah, probably. There's not uh, a lot of space know, in that trailer. You would also know, Jeffy, that Ron hasn't been around because Ron has been in prison. Ooh. Do I know what he went to prison for? Three years on an unlicensed firearm charge. <laughs> not his first violation. I don't think... Man, I don't think Jeffy's going to do anything about it. I think he'll probably, like park the car he'll come up and like put the ice cream that he bought for mama like on the front stoop just like Mm -hmm. two bangs on the door whether or not it's opened he doesn't like stick around to find out so i picture the camera like sticking with the front door and then as it opens and you know ron is like there ron in your mother's way too big silk bathrobe that has like holes in it and he is naked yeah, dick, dick swinging in the wind, and he just sees, like, the back of a beat-up El Camino, like, fishtail away, and then there's a plastic Walmart bag with, like, ice cream in it. No note, no nothing, just like, well, hell, if that's what's happening here today, I'm not, I just, I do not have the bandwidth to deal with this man tonight. And he drives off to go to work, I guess. All right. Something more, Jeffy. Does Jeffy maybe keep like an unlicensed gun of his own in El Camino? 
I think you certainly could, if you'd like to. Before I put the <laughs> the ice cream away, can I just mm-hmm. plant it on Ron's car? In the pickup truck? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, make me wits and larceny for okay. that one. I'm glad I had food. Mm-hmm. It's only two successes, though. You'll... Two successes is enough. This is okay. not an exceedingly difficult task. Okay. Um, so you were able to kind of uh, jimmy open his side door, plant it under his seat. That'll come back later. And I definitely bust one of his taillights to try to get him pulled over as well. Oh, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Perfect. And then the scene where I peel off and leave the ice cream happens. But like, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. definitely trying to frame this guy to get him back out of the house. Hell yeah. <laughs> Very good. All right. So Jeffy, mission accomplished. Fuck Ron. You head back to the Hotel Bella Marte. Yeah. Off to work. Strange things are afoot at the uh, La Quinta Inn. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, let's move our scene over to Melinda Hart. So, Melinda, did you, you did go home. You did go to your own haven last night, or did you stay? I stayed in the closet because... Uh, oh, that's club. right. That's right. <laughs> so you wouldn't scare Molly when you turned yeah. into a corpse. <laughs> I had a pillow, and that's it. Mm-hmm. So you wake up in that position, Melinda. Yeah, i probably wake up and, like, crawl my way out of the um, closet. <laughs> And are you hungry? I actually think I am. Yeah, I'm at three hunger. Three hunger. So, so as you awaken, your your beast is ever present in your mind as well, calling for blood. And you know, Melinda, that you need to do something about this because there are people around that you don't want to hurt. No, yeah, I think uh, the as soon as Melinda wakes up. She's going to feel the hunger, and she's uh, going to try to leave the room as soon as possible. Like, she's not even going to give explanations. She's going to go straight to the door. Maybe she'll just say to Foxglove, uh, like, be right back or something. But she'll try to not even lose concentration into, like, I need mm-hmm. to get uh, no blood. No distractions. No distractions. Yeah, exactly. Very good. Exactly. Yeah. So no one stops you. You know, there's I think there's a moment of a uh, foxglove trying to kind of like say good evening to you. And she sees that hunger in your eyes. She's she's your child. She knows uh, that the beast is, is kind of more in control at the moment and that you need the blood. Yeah. Um, where, where do you hunt, Melinda? Well, so that's what I was going to ask, because I'm a bagger. You're a bagger, yeah. You, I you prefer. I either steal or buy it or procure cold blood. Mm-hmm. I guess I would know where I could go buy this blood. I think perhaps Melinda would have a supplier, uh, a mortal that works in the medical field, perhaps at the hospital or at a blood bank. Somebody who you have a on the sly relationship with um i mean yeah that might make sense right because maybe melinda tried making this connection but on like along the lines of like hey i have these natural remedies 
Um, I think I think with this, there's there's not even it's just it's just cash. No questions asked. You know what I need this for is no one's business. Okay, then yeah, then. And I think there's certainly humans who would take that deal, give you a few pints, take the cash, slip off into the night. Then yeah, then definitely uh, before I leave the hotel, I would go to my studio, grab some money there. Some cash, actually. Yeah, the customary white envelope of cash that you hand off. Yeah. And you go to meet your contact. He works at a small urgent care. He's a uh, a technician there. His name is Dylan. And he's got a bit of a chip on his shoulder at the world. He wanted to be a doctor, but he never really had the grades for it. And he's a little bit resentful of his place in life. Uh, resentful of the pay, resentful of his bosses, resentful of the patients. So probably the money that Melinda gives him is, like, perfect. You know that he has no incentive to rat you out. He has no loyalty to his job. And you pay him decently well for this. So, Melinda, how do you, how do you think you meet with him? Like, like... What is your arrangement? Do you meet do you meet in his clinic uh, in the at the urgent care? Do you have a parking lot? Perhaps you text him to meet you at a gas station. How yeah, shady I, is it? Is it super shady or do you like? I don't think Melinda can actually I don't think Melinda knows how to be shady, first of all. Mm-hmm, yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think she would know how to do that. I think they would have made an arrangement that she would text him and then text him and they would meet at the parking lot behind mm. the urgent care, mm. you know, not too far away. Um, and then she would drive with her scooter, wait in the parking lot. Dylan will show up. Mm-hmm. She would be nice. I think she, she's, she would be very nice to him. I don't think she sees this just as a transaction. It's just like, Hey, Mm-hmm. So you, you maybe have a you maybe feel for him a little bit, you know, like it, it sucks being in this position, having kind of a dead end job that you hate. Yeah. You got to you got to scrape by. You got to make ends meet. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I think it would, but it would be like a very short conversation. She also knows that she needs to be careful. Mm-hmm. So as soon as she can, she grabs the blood, says goodbye and then drives away. Yeah, he seems busy tonight, preoccupied. Uh, he meets you at his car, as he always does. Uh, he's got the little cooler. Um, let me check something real quick. Can I? I cannot go to zero, right? It would only with bag. You, right, you can't go to zero. You can only go to one. The only way you can reduce your hunger all the way to zero is to kill a human. Okay, yes, 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 yes. The beast craves murder. All right, um, Melinda, I want you to roll for me your charisma and your, uh, what's higher? Is, is your persuasion, do you have dots in persuasion? Um, I, persuasion, I, yeah, I have three in persuasion. Okay, great. So roll for me your charisma plus your persuasion. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, do you have any dots of resources? Uh, yes, I believe I do, because I have my shop. Yes, I do have two. Okay, perfect. Uh, So roll for me your charisma plus your persuasion, and then add uh, plus one dice to the roll uh, for your money bonus. 
Okay. You. I got five. Five successes. Yep. Oh, incredible. Um, so he's he's actually given you a little bit of an extra supply of blood. Uh, you have enough to f- to feed down to one. Um, and then essentially you have enough stored, uh, as long as you keep it on ice, uh, to do that again from three to one. Uh, so essentially you have like an extra two pints this time that you can store. Oh, perfect. Yeah. I'll, I get to keep the cooler, right? So I guess I Mm -hmm. can, okay, I'll, I'll take it, uh, actually back to the hotel, um, But before going to the hotel, I'll probably stop by my haven change because I still have the clothes from last night. Mm-hmm. Um, and then go back to the hotel. All right. So you've changed. Uh, what is what is Melinda wearing tonight? Ooh, let me. This is uh, uh, just a reminder. This is not Elysium night yet. This is the night after. So there's still two nights till Elysium. Uh, okay, wait, let me, let me Google something real quick. Yeah. If they, she will be wearing tonight yellow. Mm. To bring positive energy and to strengthen our beliefs and everything. Empower. (laughs) And heading out, you hop on your yellow, matching yellow scooter. Because we decided you have like a rainbow of colors of these little like mopeds that you drive. <gasps> I know. Uh, uh, and you hop on the yellow one to to match. And I, I have a comment. I feel like if mm-hmm. any given time you see Melinda not matching her scooter, there's something wrong. That's that's like the that's like the safe word. That means like. Like yes. shit is going down. I need help. Exactly. I am not me. Someone is possessing my body. Exactly. FYI, I think everyone <laughs> would know. Like, I think Melinda would have let everyone know. Very good. <laughs> all right. So, Melinda, you are also ready heading back to the Hotel Bella Morte. Yeah. For evening. Mm-hmm. And so that brings us around finally to. Eloise. Eloise, you had quite an eventful evening last night. Uh, a lot of ups and downs. Potential trouble, getting out of trouble, invitation to Elysium, that's never happened before. Hand delivered by the prince. So Eloise, as you awaken from the day sleep in your comfortable bedchambers all of these thoughts swimming through your head what is the first thing Eloise does her morning routine yeah of course Um, and remind us again what Eloise's morning routine looks like this is going to be different every time (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah good as it should be I describe it but in real life Mm -hmm. it's her same ritual every morning she gets up she makes her shitty coffee and eats her breakfast muffins she tidies up um but it's her little moment of joy when she can appreciate all of her doilies 
um, and all of her things and have a little coffee and have a little quiet time before the day has to start. And Eloise, tonight it is indeed quiet. Everything seems quiet in the hotel. There's no noise of children. It seems Foxglove is is keeping Molly under control. No guests complaining. No gunshots. That's that's a good thing. No splishy splashies. No splishy splashies. And so Eloise, you do enjoy a very peaceful evening alone. And it is only when you actually go to, to check in to work for the day, or for the night, rather, mm-hmm. and you head to the desk, your little office, the little meeting room behind it, you know you know where the lost and found is, Eloise, and all around it, there's a mess, as if someone has dumped out luggage on the floor. Uh, there's, there's clothes strewn about. Hmm. This is not how you left it. What is this mess? Um, is there... There seems to be no one around. Wait, so where, where is this? Uh, this is, like, in, in your office, essentially. Like, behind the front desk, there's a little, like, like, conference room area. That's where the lost and found is for all the, the lost luggage and things like that that have been left at the hotel. Um... And there is an absolute mess there this evening, as if someone has dumped out a, uh, you might say, a large duffel bag, perhaps. Okay. Um, can I tell if anything is missing? Eloise, I think you have a pretty pretty sharp memory, so I'm going to let you roll to see if you notice exactly what is missing. Where's my... So, Eloise, you're going to roll for me. Uh, What is higher? Is your wits or your intelligence higher? My wits. Okay, so roll for me your wits and your awareness, please. I'm also hungry, so... Ooh, so you too. Everyone has woken up pretty hungry tonight. Yeah, so Eloise would also like to um, take a little nibble from a guest... When she gets a free mm. moment. Um, three. Three successes. Yep. Eloise. Uh, fairly large canvas duffel bag. Navy blue with uh, brown leather straps. It was left here about three months ago. It's gone now. Did I know what was in the duffel bag? Yep. And you're seeing it strewn all over the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Do I know where that duffel bag came? Like, it was just left in a room? Yeah, it was just left in a room. Um. Okay. Who made this mess? Um, she's just gonna be frustrated and start to put it all back. The duffel bag itself is missing? Sorry. Yes, yeah, the duffel bag itself is gone. The contents are here. You can tidy those up, but you... The, the duffel bag itself is nowhere to be found. Okay. Um, is there any other indication of a person having been in there? Uh, one of your keys is missing. Oh, no! It has not been signed out. It's the key to the uh, pool shed. And 
Eloise had tasked Shep with dealing with that, right? Yes. Okay. Um, so Eloise tidies everything up and then um, wants to go over to the pool shed to see if it's to just make sure that situation is secured. As soon as you get to the pool shed, the door is ajar and the key is hanging out of the lock. Oh no. Um so Eloise is fully panicked. Eloise, I think this is a provocation for you. Right? <laughs> this 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 is this is a flagrant violation of your rules and order. Is this a provocation? I'll I'll let you ultimately decide. This provokes Eloise's beast seeing the Coming from the mess in your office <laughs> out here to the, the pool shed ajar, the key not signed out in the lock where anyone could have taken it. How does Eloise respond? Yeah, Eloise is pissed off. I w I'm going to say it is a provocation. All right. So roll for me your unspent willpower plus two. Unspent willpower plus two. Two. Two successes is enough to just barely hold on to your beast, hold on to your sanity, and not completely lose it when you see the door, the lock, the pool shed. Hey, fortunately, the, the, the body's missing. That's good. Um, Hopefully. <laughs> I, I think at this point, she's probably assuming that it was Shep mm -hmm. um, doing his job, but doing it with um, a disregard for processes and procedures. Um, that are so I, I have a, I have a question because you're all fairly recently deceased amongst the undead. Does. And Eloise being a Nosferatu, does Eloise know Shep's mortal reputation? Does she know who he was in his mortal life? Um, I don't think so. Who was he? <laughs> well, let's let's decide now because maybe maybe you have her. Shep, who who were you in your mortal life? Um, Shep was a uh a local like wildlife conservationist and ecologist who kind of took a turn for the uh, eco-terrorist bend when um, the populations of uh, uh, mountain lions around uh, Phoenix started dying off due to local, uh, I guess, negligence and expansion and all that. and. Not just them, but just the general. Uh, he was he was a, a kind of a renowned or infamous nuisance for a lot of um, establishment types that were trying to develop and expand out into the desert. Maybe did and, some unseemly things. And I that's that brings me to my next question: How unseemly? How extreme did Shep go? Do you think? Um, not like hurting any, not, well, not like directly hurting anybody, but, you know, stuff 
industrial sabotage type things, you know, yeah, like sabotaging trees. equipment. I guess there are no trees in Arizona. Um, but yeah, sabotaging equipment. Ever see uh, that e episode of X-Files where they go up into the Redwood Forest and they run into the eco-terrorist guy? Like that guy. I feel like Eloise would have seen some Facebook posts. Um, he didn't have an internet presence. He was a fugitive. No, but Facebook posts about, like, talking about, oh. like, Fox News, like, bullshit yeah, yeah. about how terrible you are and how you're ruining business and shit like that. She's a hyper-capitalist. So <laughs> she'd probably... Um, know your reputation but skewed through the lens of shitty facebook stuff very good so you got like the complete conservative spin on it yes that this this man is a terrorist he's a communist he's bad for he's business. a socialist yeah he's oh, bad he's for so business he's an s word he's an he's a social he's antifa <laughs> he's antifa basically so, so you know who you're working with, essentially. Yes. yes. Maybe this is uh, not unexpected for you. Not unexpected, but disappointing. That... I, I kind of like this, like, recasting of the odd couple that we have in the works here with, like, uh, we've, we've got Eloise as the fastidious conservative, and then Shepard is over here, the slovenly liberal. What are they going to get into next? <laughs> oh, these two are up to no good. <laughs> have solved the mystery of the mess in your office you're still hungry though um yeah so Eloise is gonna um close up the door lock it cause Shep's not anywhere in sight right no yeah she's gonna close the door lock it go back inside, put the key back where it belongs, and then kind of say, um, well, I better eat something before this day continues. If it's going to be anything like this. She's going to grab the key to somebody else's room. Maybe the elderly gentleman in room 57B. Um, the elderly gentleman in room. Let me check the, the ledger. Well, do we have guests? Elderly gentleman. You are. Uh, Eloise always keeps a few guests on the books just to keep up appearances. Generally, very old people who go to bed very early. And this time, you have a gentleman named Gilbert Franklin. Oh, Gilbert. Staying in room 12A. Okay. So Eloise is going to do her usual thing. She's going to grab the key, um, turn on Unseen Passage, sneak in the room, and... All right. There is a moment where you're opening the door where your obfuscate power doesn't work, and you might be spotted in this moment. All right. So roll for me your wits plus your stealth, and then plus one for your specialty and break-ins. That's four. Uh, Eloise, in your four successes, you are completely silent as you slip into the room. 
so technically Unseen Passage would cost you a Rouse check. I think in this moment you know that you are moving so stealthily that you don't even need the powers of the blood to hide you. Ooh, okay. And you creep by the snoring, sleep apnea form of your victim. <laughs> do I have to maneuver around his sleep apnea mask? Yes, you absolutely do. <laughs> you you have to make sure you don't accidentally like bite through it <laughs> and leave a little hole in the line. Um but you you've done this with a practiced hand. You lean in and before you know it your fangs are in his throat. There's no pain. He is immediately taken by the ecstasy of the kiss. How much do you take, Eloise? Just two. Just two. You don't kill him. No. It's bad for business. But you sli- it's bad for business. And you slip back you. into the night, back to your position, back to your personal masquerade. Um, so with that, Jeffy, I think you would arrive at the hotel first, I believe. Cool. You were already here. Uh, you didn't end up going in and talking to Mama. You had a very, uh, short encounter there. And I think we figured out, uh, in our session zero that, uh, your trailer park is actually very close to the hotel. Is that right? Uh, I think it's less than five miles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So yes, uh, exceedingly close. Uh, it's like, it's like, there's like, I think a three mile to a side triangle between the Walmart, the trailer park and the hotel. Mm-hmm. Like li- that Jeffy's whole undeath basically exists in this triangle. Yeah. Yeah. So Jeffy shows up. I don't know if Eloise is there at the time. I think at this point, she's probably made her way back to the front desk. So, yeah, I'll just be like, oh, hey there, uh, uh, Miss Eloise. Um, important for duty. Uh, any uh, any immediate concerns or should I just start opening up the restaurant? Um, Eloise is going to be like tippy typing away on her computer and not even looking up because she's still kind of frustrated. Um, don't forget to clean the pool, Jeffy. Just as I instructed you. Oh, right, the pool. Uh, the princess. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll do that first thing. Don't you, don't you sweat. Um, can I have the key for the, uh, pool shed? Um. Well, I think you're going to need that, and you remember the protocol, right? Oh, uh, yeah, you ask for the key, uh, and then and then you write down that you took the key, and then when you put it back, this is the kicker. You write it down again that you put the key back. And he, like, looks at you with, like, an expectant smile. <laughs> okay, and this just completely melts Eloise. And she just looks up at him and says, Very good, dear. Very good. Now hop to it. Oh, I'm hopping. Don't you don't you worry, Miss Eloise. I'm on it. And he like he right. You see him write his name down. He grabs the key, skips out. He like stumbles over all the pool cleaning materials. Um, Eloise is going to pull a file out of one of her little drawers. 
and open it up and it's a paper that has everyone's name on it and um different amounts of gold stars <laughs> and she's gonna like take her little sticker booklet with stars on it and take a star and put it next to Jeffy's name and then she's gonna go to put it away and then pull it back out and pull there's probably only two stars next to Shep's name and she's gonna pull both of those off of the paper and then she's gonna file it and then go back to her business the Dumbledore method of management. <laughs> well, shit. <laughs> so Jeffy cleans the pool and then he <laughs> goes to do his restaurant duties. Are the, are the, uh, do we expect the Hellraisers to show up today? Uh, you can never truly expect the Hellraisers, uh, but they're here more often than not. Okay. Uh, and Jeffy, uh, as you were cleaning the pool, uh, attending to your duties, uh, you would notice that it's it's kept fairly clean, uh, but up until recently, um, Eloise has been paying an outside company to come do it. Uh, they haven't been doing a great job. Uh, there's, there's definitely some debris, uh, in the drains. You got to clean the skim basket out. Uh, and Jeffy, you know, being, being among the undead, you don't have to worry about drowning. So you can spend a little extra time, you know, down at the bottom of the pool, uh, where you notice right around the main drain, the very nice tile, uh, at the bottom of the pool is beginning to crack. Uh, so just to set the scene for appearances sake, I think Jeffy wears a snorkel and goggles while he's doing this. All the way underwater? <laughs> yeah. Well, but the snorkel, I mean, but you're in the deep end, so the snorkel is entirely submerged. <laughs> well, yeah, that's like what, a, that's how you use a snorkel. Like, like he, he comes up every once in a while to like grab some <laughs> okay. air. Okay. And then mm, just get, like mm. he doesn't expel the water like if anybody knew yeah, water, yeah. like they just for literally for appearances sake like he's just mm. we're using this snorkel and going up and down. Um, mm -hmm. But he would eventually like if he notices that the pool is harmed in some way. Uh, <laughs> I picture him like walking in what I guess is like skivvies or if there's like an appropriate like wetsuit that the pool guy is given. I don't I've never cleaned a pool so I don't know what it entails. It's but. Phoenix. I think it's usually like like board shorts and yeah, a tank so, top. Yeah, so he walks in with like trunks and a, goggles and a snorkel on, just like dripping wet. And he goes, um. Are you wearing fins too? <laughs> uh, well, I am now. I wasn't going to be. Uh, he's wearing flippers as well. And he just goes, uh, Miss Eloise, um, uh, so I, I, got the, I got the pool nice and clean. Um, that company that you hired was no good. They didn't even scrub the stairs or nothing and no good. Um, but I, I can't fix, well, there's, there's some harm down there in the tiles and I don't, I don't, I don't know how to do tiles, Miss Eloise. Well, that doesn't sound good. Now, now, Jeffy, I need you to be more descriptive. Uh, was this normal wear and tear or was this, uh, was someone, uh, did someone do something to our tiles? Is it normal wear and tear or did we do something to our 
tiles. No, this this is not normal wear and tear. This looks like it was uh, damaged in some way. From what direction? Uh, oh, that's very interesting, Jeffy. Jeffy, let's see if you are smart enough to figure that out. Roll for me your intelligence and your awareness, please. I I don't suspect that two successes is enough for this. I think two successes, Jeffy, would be just enough. That you can tell that the the cracking is coming from underneath the pool. Uh, something is pushing up. Well, that that's the that's the peculiar thing there, Miss Eloise. Um, I, I think there, there's something pushing up. Maybe like it's a I don't know, like a tree root. Or uh, some kind of, I don't know, is there a burst pipe? I, 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 I just I can't fix it. Is that okay? I did my best. Um, the, very well. Uh, thank you for letting me know, Jeffy. Um, I think we might have to bring in some professional help on this one. Um, don't mention this to anyone. Let's just keep this one between you and me. Um, and Jeffy. Yeah, 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 Miss Eloise. Please make sure to mop up all these puddles you brought in here. Oh, dang. Oh, hell, I didn't dry off at all, did I? Oh, I'm sorry about that, Miss, Miss Eloise. I'll, I'll get that cleaned up for you real quick. It's what I keep telling you, Jeffy. Attention to detail. I, I, I'm really I'm really doing my best here, ma'am. I, I'm sorry. And he goes off to, like, get the bucket and the mop for this wop wet-ass pool water. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So when he leaves, Eloise is just, she's like nervous again. (laughs) (laughs) She needs to think a little, needs to think a little bit about how to approach this one. (laughs) How and bad, how bad is it? Is it like shit's going to pop soon? <laughs> I mean, it's it's not like drastically lowering the, the pool level yet, uh, but it certainly is something that, well, at least Jeffy, who inspected it, could tell was fairly recent. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, he would have, you know, like told you the recency, but also... Um, I feel like he might have tried to blame it on because I don't think he's not dumb, but like I don't think that he's put two and two together because we're not none of us are supposed to know that there's anything special about this hotel in any way, shape or form. Right. Mm hmm. So he'll so he'll even go as far as to say is like, yeah, I think I don't know how they fucking pulled it off, but I bet it was that company. Uh, If you just let me clean the pools from now on, uh, I'll make sure that this never happens again there, Miss Eloise. Don't you worry. Well, that's that's definitely for sure. Um, I, I'll call them right away and, and let them know that they're fired. Sometimes you really need to put your foot down, Jeffy. That's a good lesson for today. And Eloise, um, because the prince said to keep the pool clean, suspects that... Or I, I think Eloise would kind of suspect that something above her pay grade is going on below the pool. Mm, certainly, yeah. I think certainly Eloise would have suspicions about that. Yeah. 
and I think Eloise is probably debating whether this is an escalation or whether this is a let's demonstrate how well we can take initiative and handle the problem without bothering the higher ups. That's what's going through Eloise's managerial mind. <laughs> and you just see like out the, you know, like the window of the, I guess what, like manager's office where you like, or the lobby where you spend your time, you see uh, Jeffy just kind of like, he does like a couple of like punches in the air. Like he's real stoked. It's like, yeah, I'm the pool cleaner. Now. <laughs> the prince said that the pool was important. Like, haha, I'm doing it for the prince. <laughs> uh, Melinda. You have readied yourself for the evening. You pull into the parking lot of the Hotel Bella Morte on your sunflower yellow scooter with your matching attire. <laughs> you head into the lobby. And I think you would come in probably right at the tail end of this conversation. So you would see a sopping wet uh, uh, Jeffy and Eloise uh, discussing some apparently important matter. So I want to say that after um, Eloise, Eloise and Melinda's conversation from last night about how um, they need to trust each other and how trust is um, earned and all of that, right? Um, I think Melinda is going to take an approach of being on Eloise's good side. Mm -hmm. um, so the first thing she's going to do is definitely walk to Eloise and say hello and so yeah so she she will come in it's like oh Eloise how are you oh Jeffy did you take did you go to the pool like why oh uh well um uh, oh, that's right, because uh, you didn't do your job yesterday. Um, I Well, the prince was here, and she asked specifically that we keep the pool clean, and I've been entrusted with the duty of keeping the pool clean. The prince's duty. Wait, was duty. the pool actually was my job? Was it actually Melinda's job? No, no, no. Uh, I don't know if you remember from the last episode, but it, there was like this aspect in the episode of Jeffy, like running the bar while everyone else kind of like ran around and did politics around him. So I was just doing a call back to that. Oh, good Lord. Like focusing, um, focusing on the wrong thing. Cause he thinks it's the right thing. <laughs> Cause his boss tells him. Yeah. Just that. Melinda. Melinda's going to give you a look of like, ha you're crossing a boundary, but then ignore you and turn to Eloise. Good evening, Eloise. How, how are you doing tonight? Yes, Melinda. Good evening. Uh, very well. Thank you. How are you? Good. Um, is there anything you might need me to do? I just want to go to my studio, but I wanted to check in with you first. Very good, Melinda. Very good. Um, do make sure to check up on, on Foxglove and the child today. Make sure they have everything they need and they're being quiet. Of, of course, yes, yes. Um, I'll do that right away. Um, you know where to find me. Yes. Have a good evening. If you, do, uh, if you see Shep tonight, please do tell him that uh, I'd like to have a word with him. Wonderful, I'll do that. Goodbye. Ta. Jeffy. And then 
Melinda's just going to walk away. Um, and definitely go to Foxglove's uh, room. Yep. So you uh, you would find uh, Foxglove and Molly playing uh, playing on Foxglove's Switch. They're playing uh, Mario Kart um, very quietly, just kind of sitting on the floor in front of the TV together. Uh, Foxglove's wearing like a big oversized hoodie. Uh, and they're playing Mario Kart. They kind of turn, wave at you as you come in, and then they're just like right back in the game. Hello, everybody. Uh, but no, cut that. Hi, guys. Um, sorry I left in a hurry before I was a bit hungry. Oh, uh, it's okay, Melinda. Um, we're just and then in that moment, like uh, Molly takes the distraction and hits uh, Fox Love with a red shell. Uh, <laughs> and immediately they just like turn their focus right back to the game. Hey, that's not fair. You can't do that. Like I paused it like you didn't pause it. You can't pause it. Yes, you can. And they're just arguing back and forth uh, about the, the game. Uh, clearly uh, having fun, just having fun. Well, I see things here are going well. No. No noises, no problems while I was out? Uh, no, Melinda, everything was fine today. We just kind of had a quiet day here. Uh, I think we had enough excitement last night, honestly, right? Yeah. Yes, I, I agree. Um, would you need me to get you guys anything? I mean, I know Foxglove, you can get anything at any time, but do you need me for anything? Uh, at that, Molly will turn to you. Uh, do you want to play me next? You, you want me to play the thing? Oh, um, I guess I could give it a try. Um, and I'm going to reach out for the controller and probably hold it like upside down how did this work so immediately like fox love rolls her eyes uh and like readjusts your your hands to like where they're supposed to be to, to grip the controller uh and she like quickly explains the buttons to you uh do you think melinda is good at this like melinda's melinda's not old melinda might have played video games in her mortal days Maybe she yeah, I think maybe. I mean, she's she a little bit of a hippie, so maybe like that's not her scene. But uh, I would say actually that she's really bad at it. I don't even have any thoughts in technology yeah. or like. I'll say that you are you are so bad at it that that Molly finds it hilarious and delightful. Um, she's having like even more fun playing against you because you really have no idea what you're doing, uh, and she thinks it's very funny. Can can I like the 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 one that we're playing could be like Rainbow Road and instead of staying mm -hmm. on the thing I keep falling off. You keep driving like right off of it, just like rocketing yourself off into the abyss. Yeah, I love that. And I'm just like screaming at the uh screaming. Melinda's just like, What is I don't like this. This is war this is wrong. This is this was not made for everyone. How is this no? No, no. What? Why is it? Why does it keep going out? I don't get this. No. <laughs> so having been uh, thoroughly defeated at Mario Kart, 
Melinda, are you are you going to check in at your studio? Um, after the game is over, he's like, "Well, that was amazing. Um, I hope you had a great time. I I'm gonna go back to work, although I wish I could stay." <laughs> Anyways, goodbye. I'll be back. So, Melinda, you make your way back through the lobby towards the restaurant where your studio resides. You unlock the door, turn the lights on. This is the first time you've come in here tonight. Uh, And as the lights flicker on, illuminating your various bookshelves, your occult accoutrement, you see a small box on your uh, table, you know, your, I guess, whatever, that little, like, cafe table where you do your tarot readings and crystal balls and things like that. Um, There is a small wooden box sitting on the table. You haven't seen it before. And the door was locked when you came in. Um, I'm going to walk in. I'm going to leave the door open. Walk in and investigate that box. All right. Uh, so roll for me your intelligence plus your investigate. Eighteen. Oh, three. Three successes. Uh, so you can tell uh, the box is. Uh, there's no label on it. Uh, there's no note. There's no nothing attached to it. It's just a, a plain wooden box. And you can tell by the make of it that the box itself is very old. Uh, it's it's not dirty, but it is perhaps a little bit dusty on the lid of it. Uh, though with three successes, I'll say you can tell that the dust on the, on the, the top of it has been recently disturbed. Okay. Um... Can I activate my Sense the Unseen? Yes, absolutely you can. Um, it doesn't cost you anything. And I will say, in this moment, uh, you don't sense anything hidden. I'm gonna open the box. But I'm gonna... It's gonna be like... Okay, so... If the box is right in front... I'm gonna try to, like push it as away as I can from my face. But it's not like... Cautiously. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. So as you cautiously lift the lid of this very plain, unadorned wooden box, nothing happens. There's no boom, no flash. And you see that inside of the box, it's kind of that old, like, straw packing material. And digging in through it, you find, uh, tucked within it uh, for safekeeping, two objects one is a uh, an antique silver hand mirror and the other is a rusty straight razor uh, like the old shaving like old-timey shaving uh, razor type okay do i understand what these things are like does do i have knowledge uh no you've you've uh you don't recognize either of these these items uh they're certainly older than than uh you would have been um so they're not they're not anything that would have been like a personal item of yours or anything like that 
Um, and you've never seen either of them before. Do I? There's no note. Nothing inside the there's, box. There's nothing inside the box except the the like old timey packing straw. And you can kind of gather from this that that perhaps these items have been uh, tucked away in this box for some time. I'm going to put the items back in the box and put the box inside my uh purse like my bag yeah inside my bag and i'm going to walk over because there's cameras right there's like security cameras that probably are around the entrance of my studio so maybe yes. i could i'm gonna go to eloise and see um if she can help me. So yeah, I'll go to Eloise. Alright. If she is around. Eloise is writing an email. To supervisor. <laughs> to the prince! <laughs> <laughs> to, the, to the regional manager of the La Quinta Inns. <laughs> Hi Eloise. Um, sorry to bother you, but I was wondering if you can help me with something. Uh, Yes, dear. One moment, and she puts her little lumpy finger up and finishes the email that she's typing and then she like types sincerely comma and then she just deletes that and sends it without the sincerely <laughs> nice yes melinda um what is it eloise would it be possible for us to Go over the security cameras from to like earlier tonight, maybe during the day as well. Um, yes, of course. Uh, can you elaborate a little bit on uh what you're hoping to find? Well, of course, yeah. Um, and then Melinda will take out the racer. But not like she will not take both things out. She would only take the razor out. Mm. Um, and show it to Eloise. Well, you see, I always lock the door to my studio, you know, secure to be safe and all. But I have found these uh, this razor on top of the table, and it's not mine. And I am wondering how it got inside. I think I might have an idea. Um, is there anything missing from your shop? Studio? Oh, I, I did not check, right? Would I have noticed? Uh, you didn't notice anything missing, no. <laughs> well, as, as far as I can tell, nothing was missing, Eloise. It seems like the lesson of the day, Melinda, is attention to detail. But I digress. Uh, we can we can look at the at the security tapes now. Wonderful! I really appreciate this, Eloise. Thank you. Yes, yes. I hope you take that lesson to heart, Jeffy. Too. You're not the only one. Yes, yes. So the the security cameras. Where? Yes. 
Oh yeah, I thought we were pulling them up. Uh, where is that at my little desk there, or is it? It's in at a... your desk. Yeah, okay. yeah. I think there's a monitor there. Okay. Uh, so you were able to to pull up the footage uh, showing uh, the studio. Uh, is there a camera on the inside or just the outside? Whose choice is that, Melinda's? Uh, well, I think I think we already previously established that uh, Eloise maybe places cameras where the other coterie mates don't necessarily know about. So I think it's <laughs> yeah. ultimately Eloise's decision whether there's a camera in Melinda's studio or not. Yes, and Eloise enjoys this as a secondary passive-aggressive lesson in I'm watching you. <laughs> <laughs> Like, this is my house. <laughs> you would uh, also find footage of Shep dumping. The, the oh, dumping yeah. <laughs> she already knew that, though. <laughs> she pieced those together. But there's the proof. <laughs> there's the proof, Eloise. Uh, and when you get to the, the footage of the inside of uh, Melinda's studio, office, whatever you want to call it, her little shop, uh, Throughout the day, it's, everything is quiet. Uh, no traffic, nobody coming through until right at dusk. And Eloise, as you're watching the footage, what you see is the a small wooden box, uh, very nondescript, simply appear on the table as if from nowhere um melinda i need for you to now roll me that uh since the unseen okay power from before what? so that's going to be your wits plus your auspex please and if you would like to rouse the blood you may Ooh. is that to I'm sense going... the unseen in the video well you'll see <laughs> okay i don't get hungrier so that's, you said wits and speech, so that's plus five. Okay. And then plus two, right? Yeah. I got one, two, three, four, five. Five successes. That is an incredible degree of success. It was all sevens. I don't know if that's lucky. <laughs> that is very lucky. So what you see, Melinda, as Eloise is rolling through the tape is uh again everything is quiet peaceful in your studio all throughout the day all the all the daytime footage and then right around sunset what you see is coming from off frame uh right where the door would be uh you see a woman step into uh step into view carrying the box uh, she places it on the table and then continues uh, f not back the way she came towards the door, but further into the office. And then there is no more footage of her. Uh, there's not a back door out of your office and there didn't seem to be anyone there when you uh, came in earlier. And uh, beyond that, the door was locked, uh, Melinda. But this is what you see. And you also notice, uh, even though the footage is it's security camera footage, it's a little grainy. It's not the best. Uh, this woman is the very spitting image of Rochelle Giovanni, but not exactly. Uh, definitely a familial relation, but not her. 
Um, and I know I'm the only one who saw that. Like, Eloise did not see her. Uh, technically, you don't know what Eloise saw uh, on the tape. Uh, this is what you oh. see. Eloise is seeing her own thing at the same time. Uh, neither of you knows what the other is seeing. Eloise oh. is just going to look inquisitively at Melinda. Well, that was strange. Don't you agree, Eloise? And like, honestly, like, Melinda is not saying that trying to hide because she that is something strange. Like, she <laughs> literally something completely strange for Melinda. So Melinda is not trying to hide or trying to disguise what she's she's being completely one hundred percent curious as to what the heck she just saw in that video. Um, Eloise does not interpret it as any kind of defensive or hiding or anything. Elo Eloise just kind of looks and, and says, do you have any uh, thoughts as to what the heck that was? Um, honestly, no. But, um, maybe I can I don't know, study the, the room, try to figure out how this this happened. The door was locked. I always locked the door. Well, is, is the box still in there? No, I, I have the box. That's that's how that's why I was carrying the, the racer that I'm showing you right now. Oh, <laughs> cut that. <laughs> um Eloise is gonna say uh let me take a look at that razor it's just a like razor blade it's it's like one of those like straight like old timey like shaving razors like the straight razor type uh like the Sweeney Todd like a Sweeney Todd razor um it's old and rusty is this to be perceived as a threat? Uh, it would be a very peculiar threat, perhaps, because the the uh, razor itself, I mean, it's a shaving razor. It's not particularly intimidating. It's not sharp. It's, it's very old and rusted. Is there any blood on it? Ooh, that's very interesting. Um... Make me a wits and awareness roll. And take a good whiff of it, Eloise. And you don't have heightened senses, do you? The power heightened so, no. senses. Okay. That's a four. Alright, four successes. Mm-hmm. Um it's it's very old. But you you still can smell that that faint iron, that faint whatever it is that that lights up the kindred senses there was at one point blood on this i mean it's a shaving uh but enough to leave this this kind of lingering aroma perhaps mm -hmm. and as you were sniffing it taking it in trying to figure out if it did have blood or not it becomes the, the the smell becomes stronger. 
and stronger. And suddenly to you, it's overpowering. And Melinda, you can smell it now too. The smell of blood. Eloise is gonna like back away from it and like drop it on the table and kind of take a step back and say, see Melinda, attention to detail. (laughs) Where's that coming from? (laughs) Eloise is just gonna go like this. (laughs) To just like obviously point at um, at the razor. And though you see not a drop of blood at all, at this point, it smells like this room is is drenched in it. Like you would expect to walk in here and see blood oozing down the walls, but there's nothing. It's just the stench. Um, Melinda is going to be concerned about this, and if she can smell blood from the the racer, she might connect that there might be something going on with the mirror. Um, they may have also left a mirror in the box. As I'm taking out the mirror. (laughs) Melinda, you neglected to mention that sooner. Well, how was I supposed to know that the room was going to start smelling like blood? (laughs) I don't know, but let's go, let's go into your office. What will the guests think of this? And okay, I grab the razor and the and the mirror and just walk quickly to the room. Um, do I see anything happening to the to the mirror tray? Are you are you? Well, at, in route, I don't think you have time to like properly investigate oh. the mirror. Uh, nothing is is happening as of yet that you can notice. Uh, and as soon as you you leave and start heading back to your office, the smell of blood dissipates. It's no longer emanating uh, from the razor blade. Hmm. Interesting. Um, Eloise is gonna. Oh wait, so we're we're in my office, right? My office or the. Um, I thought you guys were gonna head back to uh, Melinda's. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's what I meant. Yeah, Yeah, we're going Mm -hmm. to Melinda's. Is it a shop? A studio? It's a small studio. Okay, so we're going to Melinda's studio. It's like that front room right before you get to the restaurant. Like that, what would be the nearest room to the restaurant? Um, so once inside the studio, uh, I noticed that the smell went away. Do I can I inspect the mirror? Yes, you can inspect the mirror. Uh, I would like for you to roll me your uh, wits and aspects again. While she's inspecting her mirror, Eloise is gonna look around the room to see if there's <laughs> any but anything else amiss. All right, so uh, Eloise, roll for me your uh, your wits and your investigation. I got three successes for my roll. Three successes. Oh, it's not a crit, but it's four. Four successes. All right, very good. Four successes for Eloise. Three successes uh, for Melinda. So, Melinda, as you are uh, inspecting the mirror with your finely tuned uh, supernatural senses, as you stare into it, looking at your own reflection, for a, a brief moment, there is like a translucent overlay 
of another face. Uh, the face of a young woman. Uh, she looks to be in probably her late teens, early 20s, bearing a striking, striking resemblance to Rochelle Giovanni. Um, can, can you remind me how premonition works? Can I hold the, uh, like, the things and say I want to, like, have a premonition about this? So premonition is just kind of, like, open to the universe, um, the, the, essentially the, the, the storyteller uh, gets to decide oh. kind of how it happens for you. Uh, there actually is a later power called Spirit's Touch where you can actually like pick up an item and, and do uh, have specific visions about that item and, and previous people who have handled it, perhaps. Um, okay. But for this, you're just kind of like wide open, like whatever is going to happen. Um, okay. okay. Yeah. Um. Hmm. And, and the, go ahead. Uh, and while you are uh, investigating the mirror, Eloise is uh, investigating the room at large, uh, going over things. And when you get to uh, Melinda, do you you have a de uh, perhaps like a little desk towards the back, or do you have like a separate office that's kind of like off of this room uh, that's kind of like been built out? Like, I feel like it would be a very small office because it would be like where she keeps the money from the shop, like maybe. Mm -hmm. Uh, like uh, backup stock. Um, yeah. So it'll be very tiny. I feel like Melinda doesn't need too much of a space. All right. Uh, yeah, very good. So Eloise, you, you find nothing uh, in the main uh, studio itself, but you, you wind your way back. You know, you're, you're, you're a professional snooper. Uh, and you make your way back into Melinda's private office, uh, perhaps the only place in this room where you don't have a camera, actually, uh, perhaps. Uh, and you find Melinda's desk. Everything is, is pretty mundane, uh, but you do spot laying right on top of her desktop calendar an old yellowed newspaper clipping. Spooky. Uh, investigating the headline, you see uh, it reads Sonoran Valley Strangler Strike. Uh, I'm sorry, Sonoran Valley Slasher Strikes Again. Oh, the slasher. Um, and there are details uh, in the news report about a recent um, chain of uh, string of murders in the area. Uh, with some type of knife or razor blade, perhaps. Uh, mostly travelers, hitchhikers, uh, truck drivers. What? This was in uh, the 1950s. That's exactly what I was going to ask. Um, okay. So Eloise is going to pick up the clipping she probably doesn't immediately know like she doesn't know what melinda does in her free time um she, so she suspects that this is a clue but wouldn't put it past melinda to just collect weird creepy newspaper clippings um <laughs> and she's gonna walk back in the room and be like Melinda, do you know anything about this? Have you been trying to communicate with the dead? Murder victims, maybe? 
and she's going to hold it up and show it to Melinda. I don't recognize it, right? Like, it's not no. mine. No, you've, um, you've never, uh, perhaps never heard of this true crime case before. Oh, so you went through my stuff, Eloise. Oh, let me see. Um, Eloise, this is not mine. I don't, I don't even know what this is. Have you heard, have you heard of the slasher? I have not, but, uh, it seems like you have some research to do. It looks like it, so maybe, um, I need some time alone to actually figure this out. Did you notice anything? Doesn't... Is there anything off about that mirror? Um, well, I... I caught a glimpse of a face, but to be honest, I didn't recognize it that well. Not a hundred percent sure who it was. Interesting. Have you had any strange uh, clientele in here recently? Eloise, all of my clients are strange. <laughs> You know what I mean, Melinda. Um. I can't think of any. I might as well go through my client book and see who I've been meeting with in the past couple of weeks. Maybe get back to you. That's okay. That sounds like a great start. Do keep me posted if anything else odd shows up. Well, of course, Eloise. Trust is something that's built, right? Precisely, dear. Pre precisely. And I trust you to get to the bottom of this. And Eloise is going to shuffle off. As like, yes, you're walking away. I Melinda is like whispering, anything to climb up that ladder, right? <laughs> And one last thing that Melinda wants to do right as Eloise, mm -hmm. as, as after Eloise leaves, um, uh, Melinda will text Rochelle because, right, she has the phone number. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You exchange yeah. contact information. Um, she's going to message her. It seems like gifts were left on my studio. I think we need to talk and send. A few minutes later, your phone vibrates. You have a text message from Rochelle. Oh my dear, I believe we do. And accompanying this text is an address. When you look up the address uh, that accompanies this text message, you see that it is to uh, a lavish mansion in Phoenix. Um, okay. Uh. Wonderful, darling. See you soon. And send the message. Um. 
Melinda wants to bring Foxglove to that meeting. Okay, yeah. Um, so probably in the same message, should be she would say, Is it okay if I bring a friend? She can be trusted. You would get a message back that says, One of us? Question mark. Foxlove is one of us, right? Like, she's, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, she's she's a thin blood, but she's a vampire. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I I say yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Immediately, you get a text back. Of course, your friends are my friends. I'm gonna set a yellow heart emoji. All right. So with that, Melinda. You go to gather Foxglove and head off to a mysterious meeting in the heart of Phoenix. Isn't, We're going to move. I'm sorry, uh, Ed, you had something? Isn't Foxglove watching the kid? Yeah, I feel like I would. Um... Hmm. Yeah, that's get, what I was. Get Jeffy to watch Molly for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Jeffy. Seems like a terrible idea. <laughs> but then, who's running the restaurant? I just... M I, Melinda doesn't want to go alone, and she's not going to bring a Louise. <laughs> oh, because Chep is not in the hotel, right? Right, yeah, yeah. Shep, hmm. uh, Shep left earlier in the evening and has not been back. Actually, can we rewind? Can Melinda actually, instead of taking Foxglove, text Chaps like, I need you. Can you meet me here? Uh, I believe Shep is healing away from his phone. Shep doesn't have a phone. Shep doesn't uh, have a phone. <gasps> then never mind. Let's take Foxglove and I will tell Molly. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, what? Please. I said, you don't find Shep, Shep finds you. Yeah, right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fair. Uh, so, uh, so what do you intend to do? You're bringing Foxglove? Yeah, I'll tell Molly that the only people, uh, uh, the only ones that she can trust are Jeffy and Eloise to lock the door um, and do not leave the room until we're back. She's a proper latchkey kid now. Yes. <laughs> Uh, all right, so yeah, you would uh, you can gather foxglove, make your way off into the night. Uh, we are going to move our scene over to Jeffy, the pool. You keep thinking about it, the cracks, something about it's just bothering you, it's getting in your head. You know, maybe this is that Maltavian thing that people whisper about and talk about around you. But something about it's just itching your brain, and it bothers you. Why is it? Why is it coming from? It doesn't make sense. That it'd be coming from below. I can't. Uh, septic tank. We don't have one. Uh, a uh, uh, gas main. There isn't one. I looked. I, that just doesn't make sense. Um. You're going about your duties through the night. 
It's just bothering you. The restaurant's kind of dying down a little bit. Yeah, like like how how much is it bothering me? It's it's bothering you a lot, Jeffy. There's something about it that you can't quite put your finger on. All right. Uh, in that case, if I feel like I don't know if I've been kindred enough to try this, but I uh, I'm back down to one hunger. I feel like if he has that kind of itch that he's learned is kind of a condition of his vampiric nature, like I might try to get a premonition if I can about like what would happen if I just went down there with like a chisel at 4 a.m. and dug under that <laughs> hole a little bit. I know it's not directed that way, but um, yeah. I will I will potentially go up in hunger to learn what you're willing so, to share. So I'm not going to make you do uh, a rounds check for this because oh. I'm going to say that all of this feeling is is all part of your premonition. This is this is okay. your premonition power. Uh, this is how it manifests is manifesting itself through you in this instance. Cool. You were feeling this this itch to to uncover the truth. You feel that something is hidden. Yeah, I mean, in that case, yeah, sometime around probably 4 a.m., like, he finishes doing what? Like, he closes down the bar, all the, there's no <laughs> one around anyway. He counts the drawer, writes the, in the logbook, is, there's a logbook, right, for how much money mm-hmm. the, uh, the bar restaurant made, Eloise? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, totally. yes. Uh, writes in the logbook, locks up, turns the lights off, then he goes into that, and and Eloise would wake up to a or yeah wake up the next night if she doesn't notice it this night. There uh, he checks out the key to the um, like pool maintenance shed again. Gets a chisel and gets to it. All right, so you begin chiseling away at the tile around the main drain. And I need you to roll for me your dexterity plus your athletics, please. Not my greatest collection of skills. Is it two? It's fucking two. No beast right. or anything <laughs> on the table, but it's two. Very good. Uh, well, two is sufficient to, to kind of steady yourself as uh, you're chiseling away and it doesn't take you long to break through. And the water pressure, it, it just sucks down through this hole. You're kind of pulled down with it. Um, you don't sustain any damage as right. you fall about uh, 12 feet down to a concrete floor beneath the pool. Uh, there's a chamber down here. And standing in the center of this chamber, kind of set down into the floor in a little like pit almost, there's like a step down into it, uh, is a stone sarcophagus. So Jeffy like kind of stands up all drenched notices the sarcophagus and he goes man i'm gonna be in so much trouble and this seems like a really good place to end our episode 